0: Okay,
1: so white shirt white
2: all right folks it is a honor and a privilege to welcome our newest guest Tom Wolf to the show Tom is a deputy sheriff with the Parker County Sheriff's Department in Texas and Tom has a remarkable story to share. Uh, Tom has 10 years in law enforcement and seven years as a SWAT team member. Uh, he's also assigned to the patrol division. So without further ado, let's introduce Tom and uh, let's kick this off. So Tom, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and where you're from?
0: All right. Um, yeah. Um, uh, born in Fort Worth. Uh, raised here in North Texas. I've um, been working at the uh, sheriff's office out in uh, Parker County for a few years now, about eight Um, Been on the SWAT team for seven, been assigned to the sniper unit for about six years. Um, I'm a firearms instructor, I'm a field training officer on the patrol side, and uh, an instructor for all other things involving law enforcement as well. So, um, man, just, you know, really got a passion to learn and keep teaching. And uh, hopefully through some of my my experiences and... um, you know, we can, uh, make the collective a little better and a little stronger and a little more prepared when they, uh, go out there and do the work. Yeah. And and we appreciate that.
2: I mean, that's why all three of us have, uh, you know, we started this podcast, um, for the same mission, right? Like we want to make people better in the law enforcement community. Um, so you have an awesome story to share, man. Um, you were shot six times. Is that correct?
0: Uh five if you include my bolt gun, that took number six.
2: Okay. So you were shot five uh six times uh during an actual SWAT mission and um mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and walk us through through that day and let's tell everybody um what happened.
0: Okay. Um well uh started off as a domestic disturbance um uh, between family members, um residents Uh, Things, I guess, escalated pretty quickly. Um, During the the incident, as it was ramping up, the initial responding officers were engaged. And I believe while they were en route, uh, the actor had uh, executed his sister during that deal while it was still on the 911. Um, And um, so it, uh, it turned into a SWAT call out pretty quick. Um, while I, you know, made scene, everybody, um, we were still treating it as a barricaded person. So we, it was, a so it's county, it's a real rural area and, um, lots of trees, fields, stuff gets pretty thick. So we get, uh, a good mix of, you got some urban stuff and we got a lot of rural stuff. So, I uh, checked in at the command post and, uh, said hey where you need me you know what do i need to be on today and so um they were the people that had already shown up where we're starting to work the property um it's kind of laid out the cp was at the north and it kind of comes you know north to south along the the property line um i just yeah, he showed me a map on his phone and the target house said hey um you know we need the southeast side of the property secured and get eyes on the residents and you know get to work so um i planned my route gave him a brief description of what route i was going to take and uh loaded up my gear and um uh, checked in on the radio and then just started moving to my position um so that day um you know we're on a collateral duty team so uh, who shows up sometimes is different and um especially with sniper deployments you know they can be uh what we call hasty deployments mm-hmm. um <laughs> You know, it's nice to always have a, you know, like a four-man element to do some stuff, but sometimes we have the ability to get into places, um, you know, come in from other properties and, you know, keep a low signature. Uh, So, started working the tree line on the next property over to the east, working my way south, had to climb a few fences. So, I deployed that day with, I had my bolt gun and my drag bag on my back. It was evening, so I had a lot of my night vision and stuff, extra gear clipped on because I figured we'd be there for a minute. And um, I had my Mark 18 out this, while I was getting into position. So um, that, go to work, start climbing, going, moving through the fields, using my screens and everything that I knew where to check on and keep myself concealed from the target house. So I'd, uh, I'd work my way down close to where the house was. Was where I was about level with it, and um, got over that last fence, and then there was like a little creek and a gully with uh, kind of like a little hill in it. And um uh, I was it, I just checked in at uh, one of my wake points, and so I was probably about I don't know 20 25 yards from where I wanted to be to set up on this guy, and um. Uh, that was uh I'd actually checked in to see where I was in relationship to the house so I could kind of see where he was through the bushes um, and I'd turned to kind of walk away and go up this gully so I could come back around and come behind uh to get into this uh this bush you know concealed area where I could set up on that property mm-hmm. and uh man uh messed you heard three shots pow 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 go right off and um you know it was so close i couldn't tell where it was coming from um of course my initial thought was you know get on the ground like i did and start checking myself and uh, you know, i found the one of the rounds had gone through my waist right at the top of my uh my butt and um so it was kind of you know like holy shit like This, uh, you know, the game changer of, okay, you know, this is here. Um, (laughs) I no longer have the element of surprise, you know. I'm kind of struggling to figure out why I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to do. So, you know, I got on the radio and uh, let them know that I'd been hit. Um, And so I was kind of laying down in this little gully, and there was all this... Like trash and leaves and everything, and uh, I still had all my my stuff on my uh, my shoulders. Um, when let's see, I'd gotten to a point where I was trying to figure out where he was or how he found me, because I'd done everything. I mean, we it was July. It was what July ninth, twenty twenty, in the evening. You know. Clear sky, lots of veg, and, uh, you know, everything that I had been trained to do, I was doing. And I couldn't figure how he knew where I was, except that he had to drop on me. And um, so, I mean, this, you know, kind of like seconds or minutes kind of thing. A second volley rang off. I was working my comms and um i i have my button on my my plate right here on my chest yeah and so i'm kind of laying down on my left side and i come off my button and literally my hand is you know right in front of my face and the first round from the second volley went through my hand and um you know he kept shooting it was kind of like a slow cadence fire and uh, he just he kept i i couldn't get any lower but i kept trying to become one with all that dirt and, you know, leaves on the ground. So I knew I I had the the one round through my waist, and, uh, and I had the one through my hand. And uh, when he stopped shooting, I got, you know, back on comms and let him know where, you know, that I had been hit again. Um, I had taken another round uh, in my chest that I had come down. So he was actually hiding in the bushes that i was going to set up on him mm. and um there was probably about three four feet of tall grass and veg um and i was on the other property line so he was actually he'd probably heard me um i think um they said i was probably within like 15 17 yards of him he had an ar-15 oh shit uh, and um so um You know, it's it's just kind of uh, the you know the ultimate uh, humbling moment of what to do when you're like, man, I can't. The guy has the drop on me. Yeah, I, I'm like, I've I've been ambushed. You know, I I just taken a round through my hand, inches from my face. Um, you know, at that point, it was time to go. If I stayed there, he was. I was, you know, certain he was going to kill me. Um, You know, I figured, got my straps loose on my bolt gun and dropped some of my gear. And um, I grabbed my uh, Mark 18 and I just started crawling out of there. Um, You know, I fully expected him to come and finish me off. And uh, so I'd crawl, crawl a little bit. Then I'd roll over and I'd put my, uh, you know, lay my rifle Uh, you know, on my stomach and then kind of check my sector behind me and then get back on the comms if we had to do anything because I was staying in communication with command. there was a rescue team that had been uh, put together that was converging on my my position. And, you know, I didn't know. I didn't, uh, (laughs) you know, every time he was shooting, I couldn't. It was instantaneous between... The rounds impacting and the sound and at that point, you know, he's inside that 50 danger close You know, he's not You know a further away. I don't hear rounds coming through leaves and veg and all that stuff So I heard later that there were 14 rounds I took um, five so I Ended up one off of the back of the head on my helmet I the magazine on my plate carrier took one um took one in the chest uh where there's still a bullet down here um and then one through the hand and then one through the waist and those were the through and throughs um my bolt gun that was on my back took another one right to the through the magazine to the chassis mm-hmm. um so um just kept crawling i felt like i crawled a football field but you know it turns out it had probably been like you know 30 40 feet but there was a little hill and an embankment, So I'd crawl and then flip over and check. And, uh, you know, it was kind of one of the things that still haunts me is knowing that that guy was still there. He had still had the gun. He still knew where I was. I didn't know about the... I knew he had already shot at the other guys. But, um, man, it was just... You know, it was... It was hard to uh, get over the fact that I couldn't return the favor because I couldn't see him. Yeah. He was concealed in all the bushes and under a tree and everything. And um, I never had any target indicator or anything to work with. So if I had stayed there, I had to go. And uh, I didn't want to, I mean, it was just time to keep crawling and keep going. And the guys finally found me and got to where I was. And they grabbed me, and we got out of there. Um, they did a quick check, and then I got tossed in the back of the pickup, and then we went and did some Dukes of Hazard shit <laughs> through some people's properties. And they, uh, you know, they got me to the CareFlight helicopter and got me stabilized. But, you know, the whole time, um, you know, uh, even when all that, it was still like I still had something to work with, I, you know. I, I still got this, you know. Remember the one that went through my hand you know, I wiggled my thumb a little bit and it was kinda like, Well, I'm not taking my glove off, but you know, we'll deal with that later. I still got work to do. So Yeah. Um, it was just time to Wow. Time to so. go and kinda deal with you know, what we could for the rest of it. So
1: that that's crazy. Uh about how long was it before your the rescue team or your, your first partner got to you after the the first volley?
0: Was it a few minutes? Yeah. Less than
1: five, less than five. So, I mean, to some people that might seem like not that long, but that's got to seem like, like like five hours, probably. It (laughs) probably felt like,
0: (laughs) yeah, it felt like an eternity. I mean, like seconds turned to minutes and, um, you know, it was, you know, surreal in some of the moments of like, okay, you know, this, this is happening. But you know, there was never—I don't really haven't, you know the fear or you know worried about doing it. I was still—I was still there. I don't—I don't know how bad that one off the back of the, my helmet rattled my noodle, but um, I mean, the whole time it was just calm. It was just go to work, do what you can. If if I can't be successful at this position, then I have to find another position to fight from if he's got me pinned down i have to get out and get to a better position
1: i mean and and you you didn't know where he was basically this entire time right Mm -mm. that that's that's got to be pretty tough on its own
2: yeah i mean so going back just a little bit for me um like tactic tactics standpoint um obviously at some point he exits the house before assumingly before you guys get there right or, yeah. or is that unknown at this point? Like at some point, obviously this dude freaking exits the house while you guys are either getting there or on your way or, or whatever. But he's obviously not in the house when you guys are getting set up in position right. and you're thinking he's in the house. Um, yeah. So from a tactical standpoint, I mean, shit, obviously he knew what he was doing, right? Because, uh, he knew that you guys were coming. So he's, he's setting himself up in a, almost like in a, uh, overwatch position for himself yeah Um, i mean
0: he had a perfect he had all the concealment he had all the veg um you know there was a you know sometimes in the back of county and there's people like throw their trash and there's old stuff and appliances and mm -hmm. uh there was like an old piece of refrigerator or some type of something that was that um i'm glad he wasn't as you know skilled as some of our other operators but um you know, as far as that, you know, he was uh, he was just, from what we could tell, shooting through the veg and the, the brush, and then there were like some um, panels that had been strung along this fence that had bullet holes in them. So, um, you know, he didn't have an optic or anything. It was just a you know pretty plain Jane AR fifteen, but um, you know he he was close enough that you know it it, it did his job. Yeah. And, uh, what what
2: time of night was know, it? it
0: I was in the evening, so what six forty? So still daylight. It was enough for it, right? Yeah, we had evening sun. Okay,
2: so it's not you know it's not fully pitch black. So I mean I, I'm sure he probably either like you said either heard you or, and then once he's got the drop on you like you're kind of fucked at that point like he already he knows where you yep. are but you don't know where he's at. Um, Mm-mm. but um, I, when you said I, I liked it when you said that um, you know obviously we train like get off the X and and if you're in a gunfight, um you know, at least I say like the, the last place you want to be is where you just were, where the suspect knows that you just were. Right. So like if there's some type of law or something in the gunfight um, and you have cover or somewhere to get cover, the last place I want to be is is where I just engage this guy. Like I want to get somewhere to cover. Um, and so then you have the element of surprise. But mm-hmm. um, so I, I like that you say that because that's that's huge. And I and I don't think in our profession. Uh, that that's trained a whole lot Um, especially when we're going to the range and we're kind of doing static shooting you know i'm a very big proponent of moving and shooting and identifying mm-hmm. you know what's cover concealment and trying to get to a new location of cover um for that reason so for you to even have the wherewithal to get off the x and, and get the hell out of there like knowing you can't just sit there and get shot shot to death like that's I, I i think that's awesome like that's when you're in a gunfight like that and you're getting shot at or even sh- you're shot um it, it's hard to think of those things i mean your brain is going like a million miles an hour um so f- just the fact that you even thought thought to do that i think that's i think that's fantastic and honestly I, it probably saved your ass your life well
0: i knew i was dead if i stayed there for sure and i think uh, so you know um you know, and that was just, you know, crawl and then rotate and scan. I was, um, you know, there's that moment where, you know, um, I don't know, I was crawling and I don't know, adrenaline or everything, everything all combined or whatever. But, um, you know, it felt like I was fighting through concrete mm-hmm. as far as just the moving and getting there and crawling out with the gun. Um, you know, but it was like I fully expected that guy to stand up and just e- finish empty the mag in me and um, yeah. you know I, that's why I was ready to I was rolling over working on my comms and you know scan and then roll back over and crawl some more and um, you know you know the guys got there and you know it was a joke it wasn't really a joke but I was like you always hear what angels are but uh, I know what my angels are and they're green when they came in and grabbed me up <laughs> yeah so, no doubt no <coughs> Um, I, go ahead dude I, I'm kind of
3: curious I mean you know I was a, a former SWAT guy and operations and trying to identify locations yes, and stuff uh, I'm kind of curious from the perspective of it, when it initially started and you once you showed up you got your assignment you said and then you checked your waypoints, and you're identifying the location that you wanted to make it to I'm kind of curious can you paint a picture of because you you were talking about going to fields like additional fences like how far, mm-hmm. or what's the distance that we're talking about this property? Because I, it, it's hard to kind of picture. I
0: don't know. What maybe a half mile? Oh wow! wow. Okay. That's, you know, okay. from start to finish. You know, because I had to, we had a tree line that ran north to south on the edge of, the, of our property that we were working at, and so I went to the second tree line on the next property line, and I moved, you know, to the south along that tree line, keeping another you know screen in front of me and then you know went over the first fence went down through the field then i I climbed the second fence and then i started to move to the west towards that the the target house and then that way i could kind of check in and see where i was and if i needed to back out then i could go back and get further to the south or go way around to the south and then come up and get to where i needed to be on the southeast side so i could set up in that veg and then have the um you know have control over the southeast side of the property as far as what would be the two three side
2: when
3: you were making your movements to get there were you was it line mm-hmm. of sight or did you have because you said you were checking your location was it like do you have instruments or what's um are no you i check see? in
0: periodically as far as moving and when i get through um certain obstacles or if i'm um, with command they want to know where we are because they're keeping everything yeah. on the deal so I'll yeah. let them know what my location is in relation to where our target house is and where they are so they at least have a general idea of where I am as far as moving through an environment and then once I get to my, my final position then uh, you know, we'll check in and let them know that I'll be setting up for my final firing position or where I'm going to set up for the night to observe wow and once he did you actually make it to the location that you were going to or were you close to it? No, I, I met the guy was hiding in the bushes that I was going to. Yeah,
2: so wow. you said you made it like within what fifteen to twenty yards yeah. with, within that, and he was actually where you wanted to go. Yeah. So had you even made it to that, I mean you guys would have been fucking on top of each other.
0: That yeah. That- if I had looped there was a like a heavily wooded area and like some like a boat or something yeah. just randomly there in the woods. But if I had gone around and come and looped around and come up behind him, I would have been in the wide open. If I hadn't seen him first, he would have had me like as clear as day. Yeah. Well,
2: and, and honestly, you're you're expecting him to be in the house anyways, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that position that you
3: were at, would you if since he took that position? I'm just curious. Since he took that position, do you think he was looking? Do you think that's a position advantage to see like the driveway and the front door where he gets sniped? guys on your team moving up to the house or do you think he made knew where you were at and then was trying to cut you off i'm just curious because no
0: so you know kind of the way things he when the incident started in the residence from what i understand um you know the the incident between him and his sister um and then the grandmother got pulled into it when the arriving officer showed up he had shot at them from inside the house to out and i know um Uh, One of them sustained a wound. I think he got some frag in his arm. Um, Another one got a wounded tourniquet or something. But um, they were able to safely get out of there. And um, at some point, the grandmother either fell out the window or was pushed out the window. I don't know if she had been pushed out as a way to try to bait the responding officers in so he could clearly engage them. Um, But they were able to, you know, get good cover. And she got out of there. Now when it started to switch from what's happening and the situation is ramping up and it turned into a SWAT call out, um, perimeters can get kind of hasty as far as whether, you know, we have some, you know, local PD guys, uh, some DPS troopers that'll show up and scan our channel (coughs) and then other responding deputies. And then, um, I'm, you know there wasn't any security or perimeter on the back or south side of the property so his exfil out of the the property was probably not long after those other guys bugged out
2: yeah And, And and
0: then where he was he was set up to perfectly ambush the anybody else that came to work he had the two side the three side and the four side from where he was wow it's tough, man. I mean,
2: I've worked in a rural area like that where I when I first started in law enforcement, and it, man, it's a, it's I would say it's almost impossible to get containment, good full containment on a house uh, in an environment like that. Like it's almost just not possible because you've got this huge ass wide open area. I mean, it's like where we work. You know, we work in in a very uh, urban environment, and man, we can get containment on a house on all four corners so quick. Um, it's just not like that, and you know, where you guys work, so I, I totally get that. I mean, yeah, we're
3: dealing with acreage,
2: yeah. You're not able to fully contain, you guys aren't able to actually get what we would consider an actual perimeter or containment. Um, it's just not, not really right. feasible well, when the there. team
0: I mean, gets there, then a little
2: different story,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. once the team gets there and we get all assets set up, then. Th- then we can secure it, and then take the next levels as far as what they're going to do operationally. But right. man, it's really, really sketchy in those moments. Up until we can get all of our assets there on the team side, so we, you know, everybody's under the same umbrella with what's what's coming down from command <laughs> and team leaders. Yeah,
1: and and you guys are uh, you're an ans- it's like a, it's not a full time SWAT right. As far as you guys are. It's a part-time team. So you guys all have other assignments and duties. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so were you working that night or how'd that work? Do you come from home or how'd that work?
0: Yeah, we're on a call out basis. So um, we respond from wherever we are. Right. Were you at home when that, when that
2: call came out, were you at home or were you working?
0: Yeah. Well, when I got the page out, no, I was at home. I was uh, actually in my swimming trunks in the Home Depot parking lot, getting ready to buy some uh fertilizer. That's shit. That's funny. That's funny.
1: So uh, what's the what's the average response time? I never got to go swimming that night.
0: <laughs> no, no, you didn't.
1: No. Go ahead, dude. What'd you say about response time? Uh, so what's the average you know, response time for you guys to to get a, a team together and, and be at a call like that?
0: we I tried to be there in sure. less than an hour okay. um you know if certain uh, if some guys are on duty you know we'll have you know SWAT assets there right away right. um you know uh, command and team leaders are you know pretty close but um depending on the nature of the incident you know we try to be there as soon as we can so you know sometimes 30 45 minutes you know hopefully it's not longer but um you know we uh we have guys that come from all around. So yeah,
1: right. I, I venture to guess your your county by area is probably pretty big, right? Pretty
0: large, yeah. Yeah, we're what nine hundred and thirty square miles and some change. No.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's nine hundred nine square <laughs> yeah, miles. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And how many how many deputies in that area? Like, how, how many is your department? well? Yeah,
0: we get. Uh, Uh, on our minimum on shift is six. Oh, wow. (laughs) Did you say your minimum on? Yeah, it's a North and a South district. So, yeah. So you guys, you know, we're, we're, as far as, you know, numbers are getting better and, uh, you know, we're getting where, you know, nine and 10, you know, per shift is, is a good thing. And it's been a goal for a while. And, um, you know, as things grow in the County, you know, the, the deputies ability to, you know, keep doing their job gets better and better. So.
2: Yeah, we, uh, you know, around here in in Northern California, we have a lot of counties that are set up like you guys and that that's a lot of deputies considering, um, where we are a lot of sheriff's departments, sorry, sheriff's offices. I don't want to, we, we got educated (laughs) on that. Um, a lot of sheriff's offices around here, they don't, they only have like three, four deputies, you know, man, and you're, you're on your own, dude, Like you're, you're in an area in the County where. Dude, your backup is like forty-five minutes, hour away. So to hear you say that you even have six, yeah, 10, sometimes. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, man. I mean, that's I'd say that's pretty solid, you know, considering, you know, your environment. But well, um,
0: you know, what three or four was our minimum when I I came on there. You know, and it the county's grown a lot. Um, I think uh, it takes a different mindset. It takes a different individual and um, what's between the ears to know. I mean, you can be a a you know a wrestling master or an Olympic shot, but if you don't know how to talk to people, um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, Dude, it, it, I you, think you, I you think, you think got to really know how to. I mean, like you are saying, you know, your backup could be fifteen twenty <laughs> minutes away running code, so
2: yeah. And we say that every, I swear, we say it every every episode. Like communication in this job is so big. Like I, even if you work in an urban environment where we work in the city, um, it doesn't matter. Like you have to be able to to talk to people and, and communicate. Um, you just can't treat people like shit, especially where you guys are at. Like you, you talk to somebody like
1: that, you're on your own. Like, so it's not even it's not even talking to them like shit. It's even you can't even talk to them robotic. You
2: know yeah, you just got to be a human, right? Like, talk to people like a <laughs> yeah. human.
1: Yeah, I i mean, we run into it a lot, in in our areas with uh, yeah, we you do know, too. Urban areas, you get these cops that are, you know the they're super cops or they're cops and super cops in their own minds, I guess. Yeah. And they're just very, yes, sirs, no sirs, which, which I bet you in Texas gets you a little bit further than it does around here. Um, you know, sometimes the well, sirs do
0: have, try to have some hot Southern hospitality, but
2: all right, Tom. So, uh, let's get back to you. You're, you're being obviously life lighted out of there. Um, like what's going through your mind at that point? I mean, are you in some like serious pain? Can you feel anything? Uh, what's going through your mind?
0: So, one of the shocking things was, um, well, from my experience, uh, the bullets go through you so fast, you don't really feel it at first.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That was, um, it was crazy. It was like, whoa. I mean, when the one hit my bolt gun or went through my waist, I mean, I felt a little tug, but I never felt the one that hit my chest or my head. Um, even watching, you know, my. My hand gets shot in front of my face um uh, it it just went through it like it was nothing <clears throat> i mean the uh I have a whole new respect and appreciation for the the velocity and kinetic energy of a small moving fast projectile,
2: yeah, no doubt um okay, so what's going on now like back on the ground so so dudes obviously shot you um they rescue you out of there. Walk us through or tell us what happens with him and the rest of your team
0: okay, so um, command put together a uh, a hasty rescue team of uh, what six guys uh, basically said, go get Tom mm-hmm. uh, everybody started kind of converging on that location uh, you know we had uh armor moving stuff like that around the property uh, they were able to uh, locate where I was and uh, get to me, um, you know, they had two guys step up, do security, and the other two grabbed me, and, um, you know, we got out of there, and then we got to the truck. Uh, when I got to the truck is, um, it was, I don't know, it was kind of like I, I felt like I, you know, I finally found a safe place, and, uh, but I was also, I don't know if I was going, at that point the shock was setting in. Um, cause like the strongest memory I have was being in the back of that truck and just staring at that rhino liner in the back of Joe's truck. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was out of it to the point by that time that I think that was for two weeks, I thought somebody else was in the back of the truck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that point, you know, uh, uh Mr. Mr. Big Sexy, uh, Mr. Lewis was uh, so he was helping me get my my armor off and you know kind of doing some initial triage and stuff um, you know and I, I don't know I mean I kind of found that comfortable place where you know he had to smack me around and you know tell me he had to get me ready and he was like um, you know I, I think he he told me later he's like I got to get you got to get you fixed up so we can get back out there and apparently I got really pissed off and I was, you know a few expletives aside of. I was like, we're gonna go get this guy, yeah. Um, and you know, he said at that point, you know, I was gonna be all right. Um, I was, you know, still pretty, you know, pissed off about not being able to return the favor, but yeah, uh, we got to the the helicopter. Um, and at that point, like, we got loaded up. That for to me, that was a um, that was a very catalyzing moment for that experience. When I was like, holy shit, like. This was not the way I wanted to get a helicopter ride. <laughs> no, so, you want to look out the window. Yeah. Not up. Well, funny yeah. you bring that up. Uh. <laughs>
3: did you get a so, chance to look out the window?
0: Yeah. I mean, I did everything I could to distract them and tell jokes, you know, to look out the window. So, about that time of day, we were flying over one of the lakes. And of course, you know they're like cutting my favorite pants off, and had you know one of my you know T-shirts on and everything. And I was like, wait, 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 He's like, sir, you have to sit down, you have to lay down. And I'm like, I want to look out the window, <laughs> and so um, you know, I think I I called I called Sabrina at that time, and you know, just let her know I'd been injured and where I was going, and uh, you call you her from the call. helicopter yeah i was i was, like wow. telling jokes and making phone calls I, uh you know so anyways <laughs> about when we were over the the lake i was. it was a really really nice view you know evening sun everything <laughs> lake people are out it's july on the water and everything i want to look out the window so i was like wait 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 i have to tell you something i have really something very very important to tell you and they're like "What what?" And I was like, "You know I didn't even know about the one in my, my chest at that time. They like, look, I have to tell you something." And they're like, "What what?" And they all kind of stopped, and I was like, "What do you call the moisture that develops between two bodies in Arkansas?" They're like, and they all kind of stop and I look yeah. at each other like, "What?" And I was like." Relative humidity, and they <laughs> yeah, just—they started laughing, and they were like, "Lay down, get out of here!" Like, what are you doing? You know, was like, who is this guy telling jokes? Like, we're trying to work on you,
1: and I was like, "I didn't know." That's... I just wanted to look out the window on the helicopter. So, how far are you from a hospital? That I, I mean, obviously, you're you're getting a helicopter, so it's it's not around the corner. I'm guessing.
0: Oh, uh, what twenty minutes? By air. By, by, air. by air, okay. So that's yeah. Twenty minutes by air. You're s- probably about at close to forty-five plus
1: in a vehicle. Oh wow. So yeah, that's you're you're doing life life for sure. Then at that yeah.
2: point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. Especially when you're shot, like you don't have a choice.
1: I mean, I think we have um, in most cases it's probably fifteen by vehicle to like one of five trauma centers, three trauma centers in our area. Four. Yeah. I mean, we have them everywhere around
2: us. Yeah. So we're, mm-hmm. we're lucky, but. So what happened after uh, they load you up? Did some of your teammates stay behind and finish the mission, or or kind of walk? Do you know what? No, nope, like, they well, just let them go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like, well, what? What? That's
3: a, <laughs> we're
0: down here. They're all they all
3: wanted to ride in the helicopter. They're like, hey, we, we want to check man? out the the lake. They're like, so, we want that. Yeah, we want the view. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, yeah, no, we
1: we lost this one. <laughs> the go. Feel yeah. good
2: shoes. <laughs> so what happened after that? I mean, walk, walk us through that.
0: Um, they stayed on scene and, you know, they just kept working it, um, you know, they finally got everything set up. One of the things we found out later was that, um, not long after, you know, the subject had, um, engaged me and I had been injured from that, that, um, uh, at some point he had, um, shot himself. Okay. And, uh, and terminated that, that part of the deal, which, um... You know, they, they worked the structure, and then at, at some point, there was time to um, – our assets had been on duty for enough time that it, another team that we have a, a mutual aid agreement with, they mm-hmm. came in and assisted with the rest of the operation. but um, they, they ended up relieving I mean, you guys? It was, it was a, a day-long deal.
2: Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. So Mark just asked uh, – did that did that SWAT team end up relieving your SWAT team and then kind of conclude mm-hmm. concluded the whole ordeal?
0: Well, I mean, it was not concluded for a while after that. Uh, the guy had set a fire inside the residence, and at some point, uh, it finally got enough momentum that it, it finally kept going, and the the house ended up burning down at some point during the night. Hmm. Um, so I guess the next day they were they were going through and. <laughs> Checking everything, and uh, the, you know there were some uh, that weren't accounted for, and then they kind of expand their search, and uh, he was located in that that position where he had engaged me from.
2: Okay, so up until they actually located him, did did they not still not know where exactly where he was? Mm-mm. Wow! And then the house burnt. Hmm. Wow. All the
3: way to the ground. So you guys basically watched, or they they watched the house burn, but still, I mean, you obviously can't go up and do any type of. A rescue right. for anybody inside because you don't know where the guy's at. Right,
2: man, that's wild. I didn't, I didn't really. I guess yeah. I didn't really realize they didn't know where they had no idea where he was. Do you guys not have like air assets or drones? Or
0: we did. He was um, he was heavily concealed. Okay,
2: in yeah. the veg. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we know. I mean, they that.
0: didn't find him till they almost stepped on him. If that tells you, no shit. how well he was concealed. Wow. And then was did he end up shooting himself yeah, in the? And we had locations. air assets and drones. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay.
3: Did he shoot himself in the same location where he ended up shooting you or did he actually mi- yes. move? Oh,
2: he did. So he bi- Okay. So wow. he engages you and then ultimately at some point he ends up turning the the gun on himself and shoots himself. Yes, sir. Goddamn man. I mean, that, that that's pretty wild. I mean, um you know, it really kind of makes you wonder, right? Like here he I, I mean, maybe he thought he was just going to be able to pick you off and then you know, who knows? But um, it always makes you wonder, like, okay, this guy, you feel like he's kind of in it to win it, obviously. Um, and then here he goes. He just turns the gun on himself and then shoots himself when, when the fight's coming to him. You know, it's kind of, um, well, obviously, you know, it's ch- chicken shit on his part.
0: But Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I, I take solace in the fact that I'm sure he heard, he heard everybody converging on my location, and he heard armor crazy. Crashing through fences and trees, and uh, he realized uh, what was uh, about to greet him.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, oh, no, yeah. no doubt. And uh, what kind of armored vehicles do you guys have out there?
0: Um, so we got uh, a Bearcat. Or no, we got a Bearcat. We have, it's uh, the Bat. We have a Bat, uh, which is the same thing as the other one. And then a light armored bus, so we move stuff around and keep stuff secure okay. while we get it there, and, and then also use it as a CP if we need to. And that
2: thing's fully armored?
0: uh the apc is the bear or sorry i can't the bat is um and then the bus (laughs) is um it's all armored except for the top right
2: wow okay so you guys had at least a couple pieces of armored vehicle out there do you guys have any MRAPs or anything or just just those okay and you said a bat is that something like i don't know what that is is that like equivalent to like a bear cat yeah
0: it's um it's made by a different company, but it's the, it's like a, a the bear cat equivalent.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: So once you get to the hospital, man,
2: like what's, walk us through that.
0: Um, well, I guess by that time, you know, friends and family had been notified. People started showing up. Um, man, uh, I, they'd give me several doses of feel good juice. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's more kind of a defense mechanism in some way to kind of crack jokes when, you know, you have some stuff like that going on and yeah. kind of everything. I mean, I, the guy's sitting there doing surgery on my butt, and I'm doing my Forrest Gump impersonation to a point where <laughs> he, he's laughing so hard he has to stop. You know? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got
2: to do what you got to do to get through it, you know. Uh, yeah. I joked around when I was hurt. That's yeah. I, I mean, I have, you know, um, happy, happy doctors do good work. <laughs> yeah. <no doubt. laughs> so how long were you in surgery and, and, um, kind of what's like, what's, uh, what was their recovery like for you?
0: Um, so what think they kicked me out by four thirty, five o'clock in the morning,
2: that same day um, or that, like that next morning, the next morning, shit, dude, so you're only in the uh, hospital for like, what, less than 24 hours,
0: 10 hours. Yeah. I wasn't like. in there very long. I mean, they, they, patched me up sewed this and that up and you know kicked <laughs> me out That's yeah wild. well i mean it was full-on rona time so everybody was all yeah. you know um weird about all that stuff um you know i i know it there were definitely were some tense moments uh, in the parking lot and uh down in the lobby where i was at the same place where some of the family members had gone from the 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 subject that had created this whole incident no kidding um yeah there i don't know you know because it was uh some of the my fellows from the PDE and from work and you know friends and family and all that had uh kind of started to show up and you know once it was uh you know i hadn't there wasn't anything terminal as far as that i was just you know messed up i'll be all right yeah uh Now the main problem was uh, the hand. I mean, it took me uh, three surgeries, uh, eight months to get back through rehab and PT and all that. Um, um, I don't know. It's I don't you know. Workers' comp is very very difficult. um, Oh yeah, we know that cloud (laughs) of you know what to navigate. I was very blessed to have a a great caseworker, um, Darla was an advocate for me and when something wasn't right or something wasn't good she definitely would go to bat and yeah um, and do what she could um, you know there was still a lot of things like you know the the doctor that one I had in the waist um, you know I, I go to a doctor that's in the system and approved but he refers me to a trauma and wound center and surgery and then it gets denied and then you know I'm at home for the next two and a half months with, you know, my wife pulling gods out of my butt and repacking it every couple of days. So, yeah, you know, man, the, you know, there's some things that could have definitely been handled a lot better.
2: Yeah. I, and just to tap on the uh, workman's comp thing, you know, like I, I, I honestly, I can't believe what a joke it is. Um, I have had bad experiences with it. I think Mark, you've, you've had bad experiences with it. I don't know if you have, but man, everybody I know that has to deal with workman's comp is like, it, it's a nightmare and,
3: We got to do an episode on that to help people.
2: Yeah, it really is, dude. It is, it is, it is asinine the, the, the process of the whole thing. And I mean, dude, you're talking about like people that are seriously injured or wounded or having, having issues. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are you, why are you making it more difficult for, for those people? Like I've never understood that. And if there was one thing that I could change in our profession, it would be the streamline of, of how workman's comp is dealt with because. Dude, it's a fucking joke and hearing it from you too. I mean, you're in a different state. I don't get it. I have no, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It it just doesn't seem like they are on your side or I don't know, man. Like it's just anybody listening to this podcast right now, who's had to deal with it. I I guarantee you they're thinking the same thing. Like it's a joke. Um, it's
3: infuriating
0: to hear that. It's a fear. Every step along the way. Um, uh so uh dr Roden he was the one that mean put my hand together he it looks it looks great looks good on the dude. outside he um uh, so actually the bullet went in right there mm-hmm. and then came out there broke the bone um severed the ulnar nerve and then created like the whole the hydrostatic shock or cavitation and everything i mean there was he said it looked like a grenade went off inside my hand. Yeah. Um, you know, I still get there's still pieces of bone fragment and stuff that come out from time to time. Um, you know, I still have like permanent nerve damage and loss of feeling and a lot of stuff going on, but um, you know, and you know, Dr. Roten I I can't I can't say enough of thank yous for putting it back together so I still have a hand to use. So, um, yeah. But the frustrating part with the workers' comp deal was, he would write a script for rehab, and they would say no.
2: Yeah, that's what i like. How could you say no to that? That's that's what I don't understand. You know, it's like, it's just stupid. Um, it doesn't make any sense.
0: But uh, it's just the struggle between, I guess, the people that are there and know what they know. I mean, the doctors yeah. are obviously been through a lot to get where they are, and there's a a knowledge base that not everybody has. And then it feels like a bean counter says no.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, that's what it, we'll have to do a show on it. That's what it kind of comes down to. Yeah. The whole point of work on.
2: So <clears throat> what, uh, so you're, you do obviously your recovery. It sounds like the, the bulk of your injuries is your hand. Um,
1: uh, what you obviously went back to work. Like walk us through like what? So, but wait first. So it's your right hand, right? They got hit. Mm-hmm. Are you right handed?
0: Right hand dominant, sir.
1: Okay, so so it's even more important that you you get that thing working again.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: What was it like? Uh, how did you determine you wanted to go back to work? Were you on the fence of maybe taking a medical retirement? Did you did you know you wanted to go back to work? I mean, what was that like?
0: Uh, the retirement thing never really crossed my mind. I mean, I remember sitting in the wheelchair, you know, when they're kicking me out of the hospital, and I'm, you know. I'm I'm kind of going through the the realization of how everything has changed and you know looking at what mountains I had to climb just to get back to work and get back to my team.
2: Yeah. And how long did that take? About 8 months. And then after that 8 months of rehab and stuff you you end up going back full duty.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, full duty and then uh, went back, uh, got on the team, got training and got back on my quals and um back you know just you know and some of the the other things were um you know just i um grossly misunderstood how many uh, mountains there were to climb you know and what i had to deal with you know between my ears
2: yeah and that's that's what i want to get into is um mentally you know how, how did it affect you
0: the roller coaster was pretty bad the you know first while um you know, some days were okay. Uh, some days were I was the biggest piece of shit that ever walked the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I failed, and I felt like I had let my team down, and I let everybody down by uh, not uh, not getting my end of the job done and them having to come and get me. It's it's my job to go and get them and, uh, you know, do my job and get the bad guy, and um, it, it's it was a very humbling thing to come to terms with that uh, I was the one that needed rescuing in that day.
2: Yeah. What, um, man, I mean, do you think that mental roller coaster started when you went back to work? Did it start prior to you going back to work? No, I mean, I mean it, kind was,
0: of, it was right away. Yeah. Cause um, I want to know,
2: I want to know like what, what was your mind frame? Like you're going back to work. Like where's your head at? Um, you know, I've shared my story Uh, you know, I've been involved in obviously, you know, four shootings and it's like, uh, I always went back to work pretending I was cool, but like in the back of my mind, I I had some issues going on and I just, Mm -hmm. I hid that right. Because I don't know, it was just like in our career, it's just like, we don't talk about that stuff and I didn't want to feel like I was being a sissy or something. So for me personally, like, I know that when I went back to work, um, I would portray like I was all good, but then, but, but in the inside, like, it, obviously I wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. were you kind of feeling the same way? Like you wanted to try to hide it from people?
0: Um, well, I mean, so many of our things, I mean, uh, you know, we see a lot of the horrible stuff in life that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't see. So I think, you know, where I was going with that was just kind of the, we get conditioned to compartmentalizing a lot of things. Yeah. Um, now where I was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was bad. You know, the nightmares. Um, I was afraid to go to sleep sometimes. Um, I had nightmares that uh, the spirit was going to come in my room and try to kill me, just like when I was crawling away. And, uh, you know, I'd wake up from my dream and go to grab a gun and realize it was useless. Yeah. Um, you know, there was uh, lots of reliving it you know, the, the sounds, the smells, um, even, you know, some you know, days of the pain, um, is, it was a big part of it, um, you know, and a big part of, you know, my support system had been my dad, um, didn't really matter where I was, uh, good days and bad days, you know, he had always, uh, you know, he, he knew me, and, uh, I think in a way better than anybody else did, and, You know, he every day he helped me crawl out of that ditch, and I ended up losing him very unexpectedly. Me and my brother did a couple months after my deal while I was uh, he died two days before my third surgery.
1: Ah, shit. Mm -hmm. Sorry to hear that. So,
0: I mean, a lot of things got compounded. Um, I know when I went back to work, I thought I was doing a lot better than I was, and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Had it not been for. you know my sergeant and some people i worked with that um you know they they called me out on it
2: yeah yeah sometimes dude that that's what it takes i mean uh people notice that different uh, change about yourself and when you're not you're not acting right or whatever like sometimes and and you know what man kudos to to him for calling it out because a lot of people won't and they'll watch you struggle and they don't say anything and then next thing you know you're you're spiraling you know (laughs) Um, mm. I think it's awesome, dude, that somebody would call you out on it. And then the fact that you lost your dad—I mean, did you take time off of work after that, or did you try to no. just kind of push forward, or how yeah. that how that work out?
0: No, he—it wasn't a good situation. There was a lot of um, there was a lot. He had um, there were a lot of things that we had to get organized and get taken care of. Um, yeah you know that that's been a whole different struggle and fight in its own, I mean, not even just dealing with the that loneliness of you know you know my buddy's not there anymore um that um you know my brother is uh, lives in another state, and there was a lot to uh, finish up and take care of he he didn't have a will, so um the learning curve's been pretty steep as far as what goes on with uh, the legal system and probate and the attorneys and yeah, uh, all this other stuff that, I mean, I mean, I had to learn the hard way. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and you were dealing with the, your, your own stuff at the time too. So, you know, it, it's just, it's a testament to you and, and everything. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how some people think that when you go through a traumatic incident, like you went through that, you know, that's what, that's what you have to deal with. And yeah, that is what you have to deal with it, but you have to deal with life too. Like life throws you curveballs every day. That you know, you have to deal with that which compounds and sometimes becomes bigger. I I you know, I can say so like the little things um, can get blown out of proportion in your own mind. Not that not that this was a little thing or anything, but um, you know
0: No, I mean you I get where you you're know, coming you know, from. Things,
1: things that aren't aren't big to some people. And that's not this by any means, but other things get blown up, and uh, you know people look at like, oh, why, why are you acting like this? And You're like, well, um, obviously it's it's not just this instance; it's it's everything else that I'm dealing with. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know the the days that you know you're, you know, you know things are okay, and you know you just power through, and go to work, do everything you need to do, but and then you know there's the days or. You know, those moments where, you know, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it's like you're you're on like an emotional cliff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can be driving down the road and just, you know, see something. And you're talking about those little things. Those little things are exactly what sometimes end up pushing you off of that cliff. Yeah, right. Yeah.
3: Well, I think, too, is if people that have not been in a significant or had a significant injury at work sometimes can't fully relate. And not just injury, like events, I guess it'd be easier to say, because the stuff that happens at your work, you go to work, it happens, and then now you bring it home. And like you said, your, I, th- I think you said it was your girlfriend or your wife, it literally has to clean bandages out and like the pain that's associated with it, the time that it takes, the difficulty of you moving around, and then you're dealing with your buddies, your sergeants, they're calling you, checking in on you, and then you're dealing with doctors, and then the work comp system, and there's so much involved with one incident at work dramatically affects your life and most people don't really recognize that and that's it just constantly compiles and it's it's great to see that you you push through that and that you made the decision and you're physically well and capable to go back to work and you're still doing that and you have friends that are close to you and, and especially when your sergeant and hands down to him applaud him for sure for recognizing that in you and and bringing that to your attention because that, that's huge to get help. But a lot of people yeah. don't recognize oh. that. They just think, Oh, you're shot. You're at home. And then, yeah. you know, when are you going to come back to work?
2: Yeah. Or not come back to work. Right. Yeah. No, no that's that's true. Yeah. And then you have this whole yeah,
3: support know. system that is around you, that all the people that are involved, your family, the people that are there every day, you know, they, the general people that you work with don't, don't really see that.
0: Yeah. You know, and there's a struggle with that. Um, Man, I'm incredibly blessed to want to be alive and have the amazing people around me. I mean, I am a better people. I am better for them being around me. Um, you know, been to a, feel like I've come back from being past the edge in some ways, mm-hmm. um, having to deal with a lot of that internal struggle and uh, you know, just fighting that darkness. What, what um, is what, what what is that dark? Are you is there a- are you
3: angry? Are you in, in pain? Are you just like what have yeah, you some- have you been able
0: to identify that? Um, I mean, you know, some of it is, you know, just you know, being in pain all the time. We, you know, my leg, my back, and, you know, my hand. Um, it kind of changes depending on what we're doing. Um, just uh, some of the frustration of knowing that that stuff will never be you know back to spec mm-hmm. um, yeah you know I'm, you know back to the umbrella coaster ride that's that's really been uh, uh, as hard as the fight was to go through the surgeries and the rehab and the pain and all that um, the, the mental the fight has has really been giving me a new perspective and understanding. Um, there was, uh, there was a day I was kind of, uh, I was out spotting. I was still had my hand all immobilized and everything. And my buddy, he wanted to go shooting. So I figured I could, I could sit in the chair and look out a spotting (laughs) scope and at least call and, you know, help him out with what he's going so we can get him ready. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just remember hearing, you know, there was a shot that went off that I wasn't ready for mentally. And, uh, Man, it, I it you know it was that little trigger. Everything everything came back, um, and uh, so, you know some of that gets better. Um, I just um, I had no idea that something could imprint every moment of your day as much as something like that. Where um, some of those memories are so graphic. Even when you're awake and you're conscious and you're, you know, going to Kroger to buy, you know, chicken and broccoli and a six-pack of beer. And, um, you know, there was a part in, uh, what was it, Marcus Latrell's book where Mm -hmm. he talked about, you know, hearing, you know, his... Mikey and him standing with his back against the wall with his fingers in his ears and, you know, and um, having... A new understanding or for you know for my incident i don't see how it compares to some of the stuff they've been through i mean those guys need a medal just for being alive and getting out of bed every day and being a human being i mean i I can't imagine what they have to go through
2: yeah i mean shit dude when you talk about you know like uh you went out hunting and you heard a gunshot go off and you're you were not mentally prepared for that and and um, how that probably scared the shit out of you and I know exactly what you're mm-hmm. talking about um, you know, the nightmares and stuff like, um, you know dude, I, I think those are all things that that doesn't go away, you know um, you kind of, you have to learn to live with, to live with it but um, you know, how long have you been back to work now?
0: Since March almost a year, it's March 19th of 21
2: and have you had a? Have you guys had any type of SWAT call out yet? Or you've had a kind oh, of? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, we've had a few. And how's that? And, and even of, some similar to, you know, the call out that we started with. Actually, mm-hmm. you know, Bryce was uh, there. Uh, you know, we had uh, an incident that, um, you know, ended up being a big deal. And um, you know, initially responding, you know, we're you're seeing stimulus coming from inside the house. Um, and, yeah, there's that moment where, hey, you know, grab the bolt gun, the tripod, and your helmet, and let's, you know, I need you to go lock it down so we can get somebody back there until we can get a perimeter set up. And, um, you know, I probably caught myself four or five times, you know, stopping and looking around and, and all that. Um, Which isn't a bad thing, right? Like, probably... No, or- I mean, I was able to push through it and overcome it. Yeah. I mean, it was... There were four or five holy shit moments.
3: (coughs) Is that since uh, (coughs) since you've been back out on some of the the SWAT callouts? Has your guys' tactics changed, or your what your uh, when you get sent out to actually take positions? Has that changed? Do you go with two people
0: or? Yeah, I mean, they don't let me party by myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah for any. For well, everyone. but I mean, but there, yeah. there's an opportunity for growth there where, right. you know, maybe we can, you know, get some, you know, designated marksman program and then, you know, just uh, kind of use some technique and some knowledge to do some more force multiplying. And, you know, if you can get, you know, two guys with similar skill sets or at least where some overlaps that, uh, you know, we could definitely increase what we can, our capability that we can bring to the team.
2: Yeah. You know, I think there's probably a lot to learn from the incident. Um, you, you know, we always talk yeah, about like, a lot to cut up. Yeah, dude, there's, you never walk away from those things like, like, Oh, we nailed it. Right. Like there, I don't even care if, if, if the, if the mission is successful, there's always something to learn from them. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, obviously it's important to identify those things, but, um, I'm certain you learned something from your team, learned something from that, that particular incident. <coughs> and it might be something as simple as, um, you know having a spotter or or some type of cover to go with you
0: um you know and normally we do you know mm -hmm. in in a lot of situations i mean i've you know i've at least got somebody that works with me as far as a security element or um you know somebody else that can help you know glass or spot and then we can rotate depending on how long we're going to need to be on station um you know sometimes you know i get a four-man team and we go set up a, a perimeter and you know as long as you know the nods still work and my radio gets out you know I can deal with you know the the crazy hogs charging out of me from the pergola
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're gonna take that them into account, uh, yeah. but uh, that's funny um, wow that's well, wild yeah dude I mean shit honestly I'm I'm glad that you're able to um, you're able to go back out and do that and after everything you went through and, and losing your dad and all in the same time and then being able to go out to a, another SWAT mission and push through it and Even like you said, like there was those oh shit moments where maybe your body's telling you like, hey, I don't want to do this, but you're like, no, we're we're fucking doing this because you want to get past Mm -hmm. that, right? I think that is so crucial. That's so crucial for cops to understand. And nothing against cops or officers that like get in into these types of events and they and they end up medically retiring, right? Like I don't have, there's no shame in that, but. but I think I do think it's important to hear from guys like you that have been through that and can say like, Hey, I, I still go out. I do the job, um, because it's winnable. Um, you can choose to think otherwise. Right. And I talk a lot Mm -hmm. about like feeling sorry for yourself and, and I've been there. Like I've totally been there. Um, I think all three of us have, you know, like our, just our last episode, we talked about that. Um, it's, it's that feeling of like, okay, I need to stop fucking feeling sorry for myself and, um, I need to start thinking the opposite, um, and have more of like a mental resiliency and know that I'm not one, not one event is going to define me for the rest of my life. Like for me, like, fuck that. I'm not, le- I'm not letting that happen. Um, clearly neither of you, um, or anybody else on your team for that matter. Cause that's, that's traumatizing for everybody. That's a part of that mm-hmm. whole situation. Even if they weren't directly involved in it, if they were there, like it's impactful to them because you're their friend you're a teammate um it could have been any one of them uh so i know that it's impactful for everybody there well, so and
1: and not just there i mean you gotta think of your spouse's <laughs> significant others family for members sure. i mean spouse is huge like i i'm sure she still deals with her own issues with it
0: oh yeah oh yeah every day you go to work probably yeah well, I mean, if she hears the SWAT pager off, there's normally like an "oh shit" that comes right <laughs> after, and it's not me, because I'm like party time, and she's like, oh shit.
2: Yeah, you're like fuck yeah, yeah it's time to go. Yeah, I mean, we we it's time got, to go. Yeah, we live for those, right? Us any SWAT. Look, you lives, live really. for
0: that pager to go off. We, yeah, no doubt. You know, I want to go and do my job. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, big part of me, you know, leaving what I used to do before that and going into this was. um just an opportunity to help on other levels that I would have never been able to help people before. So,
1: yeah, and, and for uh, our newer listeners to law enforcement, especially here in California, a pager is a, <laughs> yeah. is a little small box, <laughs> and it uh, it just kind of goes off. You okay. can't call from it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need yeah, an explanation to some people. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> now, now it's all text messages and stuff. But, yeah, uh,
0: we yeah, still we refer just, to this one uh, page. Yeah, the yeah we just we call it the page. I mean, we're not, you know, you're not sending some like random, you <laughs> yeah. know, one zero one 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 code or anything. Yeah, that. nine <laughs> nine one yeah. one.
2: Oh shit, that's an emergency. Yeah, no, but seriously, dude, like for your wife, you know, it's like, um, I think it's important for you to <laughs> to, to tell her, and I, and, I, and I'm sure she knows this, um, is that every day you go to work, or if you guys go to a SWAT call out or whatever the case is, like she should know that you're you're going to be on your A game all the time. Like you're going to be safe you know, you're not half-assing anything. Um, and quite honestly, dude, like we've, we've lost friends. Um, Billy's lost a friend in, in in gunfire at work. And, um, I think we just have to tell ourselves that, uh, when that shit happens, um, a, we died doing what we love and, and b like f- fucking did whatever, whatever we can. Right. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, we went out, um, you gave it your all. And I, I think that's super important to know. And I think spouses need to know that, that, uh, is that possible for sure? It's obviously possible, but, but I do want them to know that when you walk out that door, like I'm giving it my fucking 110% period. Um, and that should make them feel a little bit better. Uh, that's just how I think. Right. And that's just how my, my significant other thinks. And, um, you can't control what happens. Uh, just, you just got to give it your 110%. You don't half-ass stuff. You don't cut corners. Um, and wh- whatever happens happens, but
3: I, I want to give a shout out to your, to your wife for sure for yeah all of that, because it oftentimes the person at home that, that you come home to is overlooked. And, and I think one thing that we do really good on this podcast is really give a shout out to the family members and the spouses of, and boyfriends and girlfriends of law enforcement and, hands down to her for everything she dealt with. Cause no doubt she probably dealt with a lot as well. And then, you know, that lingers every day. So hands down to her.
1: Yeah. And, and I also think like, especially when you talk about a SWAT team or any small team, uh, it could be a patrol team that, that you need to, you need to do, do shit or do stuff outside of work so that, um, you know, cause, cause that becomes your, your small family in its own way. And it's important that, spouses and everything know like oh that you know he's going with so and so and i got i got that spouse's number you know whatever uh which sometimes can can bite you in the ass i guess (laughs) (laughs) i've heard stories like that but um yeah you know just just so that there's that trust uh you know like it's good to know that your significant other is going out there with somebody that you know and that you trust that will have their back kind of deal too for sure
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of one small community, right? Just like the military, um, mm-hmm. they do it and <clears throat> we need to be doing the same thing. So I think your story is fantastic, dude. I think, uh, man, I, I, I hope, uh, I hope a ton of people get to hear it because it's kind of like that survivor story, right? Like, Hey, yeah, I've been through this, I got through it and look at me, like I'm still doing it. And I, I can't tell you, like, honestly, I can't fucking beat a dead horse on that enough. Like, I think that's so important. Um, can you not just give up. So, I think your story well, I mean,
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm just very lucky and I'm, I'm thankful for you guys and what y'all are doing and <laughs> is getting it out there. Um, you know, I know there's still a lot of work that I have to do on myself.
1: Oh, um, for sure, dude. And we all sure. do. Like, yeah.
0: anybody it's who constant, says they're, they're good. constant work. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> it's, and it's going to be like, and if, as long as you understand that, then you're good to go. Like, yeah. um, you know, if anybody ever thinks like oh, the road stops and it's like, oh, I, sh- I should be good. Well, you're wrong. And then that's when problems start to occur. Um, as long as you have identified, like you have a long road to recovery. And I'm going to tell you right now, like there's some shit, dude, that's just going to it's going to be with you forever. Um, yeah. You know, and you have to know that your wife has to know that um, and your friends and, and department have to know that. Um, and that's totally OK. Um I think it's equally important that when things probably start to fester for you or, or maybe come up in the future, um, you take care of it and you don't just put that shit on the back burner. Um, and then you just push forward. Um, that's, you know, I, I kind of, uh, go with the, the motto of like, you know, for me, like I, I live with my back against the wall because the only way to go is forward from there. Right. Like I'm not going fucking backwards. I I've been backwards and I, and I don't want to go back to that, that place again. And so, you know, I, I live with my back against the wall. You, you can only go forward from there. Um, and it sounds like you recognize that. So that's like well, step number. I, I was one. very
0: fortunate. Um, my dad had uh, worked a little bit in the mental health field growing up, and uh, I had uh, I'd been exposed to rehab kids and summer camps. Yeah, you know. So I had seen the good and the bad with a lot of things, and uh, you know, one. Way to you know keep kids from you know doing heroin is watch somebody get sick from the bends and withdrawals. Yeah. So. It's <laughs> good. Uh, sure. You know the the but the main thing that you can't run from is is you know what goes on between your ears yep. and trying to make peace with a few things. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know I I you know I I guess I kind of long for what it was like to be normal where you know there weren't so many moments my life every day that were consumed by that, you know, there's the good days and the bad days. Um, yeah. You know, well, I don't I, think, yeah. well, you're not there's normal, of, right.
2: You're not, it's not, it's not normal anymore. And I think everybody would attest to that. I'm not normal. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too, dude. It's all good. Embrace it. But seriously, you know, it's it, you're not normal and you have experiences that most people don't have. And that's, that's what you have to recognize. And, have the availability to share your experiences with everybody else and help other people. Um, that's where, that's where you're not normal. Um, right. So that, that's important to understand before we end it. I want to, um, if you could offer anything to any of the listeners, law enforcement out there, um, you know, what, what little piece of nugget out of this experience that you've had, you know, what would you offer to somebody?
0: Well, I'd I have to say my baseline is, you know, the warrior mindset. Um, and then going on from there is just kind of understanding your your place where your mind and your heart and your soul are all in alignment with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a lot of work to get those things in peace and harmony. Um, I don't know that I, I will, but, um, you know, through this whole thing, you know, I mean, uh Doctors can put bodies back together and they can do amazing things um you know the resiliency of our law enforcement and our vets out there is you know the best way to get a hard headed somebody to do something is for a doctor to tell them they can 't do it and I will yeah. tell you they they will be out there and they will do it and mm-hmm. um but man, for the one thing the 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 keystone that i would I would set everything on would be. Um, man all that's good but you gotta you gotta make peace and you gotta be alright with your head you gotta know um, when it's okay to not be okay and I, I hate to say something cliche like that but um, man those storms come in and you have to go through the storm you can't run you can't spend your whole life running from storms they just get worse yeah so sometimes you gotta you just gotta deal with it so I mean, really, the, the mental health component of it, I mean, the, doing the job is bad enough as it is for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, what people see in a shift is overwhelming sometimes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still got a lot to learn. I'm still learning, you know, a lot of how this has changed me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I know that it was hard to come to terms with the fact that I couldn't do it all by myself. Yeah. When I thought yeah. I could.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's great, dude. That's great that you, you, you figured it out. And from what I, what I can say, you, you figured it out. Um, so what's, what's the future for you? Like, is it, uh, you know, Sergeant, Lieutenant, Captain, Sheriff, what, what where, where, where are you going? <laughs> well sure <Sheriff> um <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know i don't know about that uh, they probably uh they probably have other plans for all that but uh um no you know really man i've got to you know i got to make good on a promise i made to my dad and i made to my brother and family is getting everything squared away and right with uh you know my dad's estate and making sure i can uh you know help my brother out and um You know, once I get uh, a lot of that stuff on the personal side squared away, um, you know, then I got to take time for myself. I, I, you know, I'll work five, six hours before I go to work, and then work a twelve-hour shift, just doing calls and emails and dealing with attorneys and real estate, and it's 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 overwhelming sometimes. But uh, man, all I know how to do is just just one foot in front of the other. Like you said, the back against the wall thing, man, you only got one direction you can go Mm -hmm. and you got to push on, you know, as long as I still have a will and a way, you still got to go forward. You still got work to do. Same way as laying in that ditch with being shot up. You know, it's time to go. It's time to go forward and get out of there. And, um, I just, uh, once I get that, then I got to work on me. And, uh, Take some time. Maybe go back out to the desert, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I love law enforcement, and um, you know, I just, I just want to keep working. Want to keep working with the team and training, and uh, you know, helping uh, other deputies prepare
1: for you know life on the street and out in Mountain county. Yeah, that's that's great and and you you definitely brought up like the most important thing is is uh getting your your personal life taken care of or or dealing with or or having a personal life for yeah. for whatever it is um is is so much more important than than what happens at work um you know so many times in law enforcement it, it's it's so much more than just a job it it really is and and it's hard for me to say that it's just a job. But in the end, it really is just a job. What's What's more important is is family, friends, uh, what What goes on outside of work, which uh, you know we obviously take our work home. I mean, if, yeah. if there's yeah. any anyone out there who says they don't I mean, take their job home, they're lying.
0: I mean, you know, you, you got to live life. Um, you know, and that's one of the things you you, you can't. You know, the job and the dedication is a huge part of it but um, you know you only get so much time to hang out with your friends and family and hold on to them and tell them you love them drink a cold beer with them and and have those moments that that define and resonate with why everybody's friends um, you can't you can't do a lot of that I mean the the work is the work and there's a lot of those experiences that bond people and create those brotherhoods and that go on for lifetimes but yeah you have to you have to find that balance where you live life and and you do things you want to do i mean you want to go fishing go fishing you just you want to drive out to the country and sit in a lawn chair and you know stare at the countryside whatever you got to do um but you gotta you gotta find those moments for you, and you gotta live your life so that w- when you know you, you can't grab them by the neck, and, you know that
1: uh, there's no regrets. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also important, I think, to have that support group, um, and the the testament to your support group is that. Um, for those that don't know, he, he's got some of them there with him. He yeah. does. The, you know? the guy that actually set up the rescue team. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome yeah. that they're there no matter what kind of deal. Um, you know, I, I don't know them that well, but I'm guessing if you called them at 3am and said, Hey, I need you. They're the kind of guys oh, yeah. that, that they be there. And, <laughs> and that's, in, that's important to have. Um, and it's important that you're, uh, is it wife or girlfriend? I keep calling her wife. I'm getting <laughs> see my
0: wife with eighteen years as of uh February oh,
1: nice. 12th nice that's so good, good for you and it's important that your wife has those, those I'm not lucky when she too. puts out with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, it's important that your wife has those contacts too where it's like hey hey you know whatever's going on hey uh can you come over here and help out kind of deal yeah. and and uh that that's like I said that you got to have that life outside of work but uh your family gets bigger when you when you when you're on that small team, or even when you join law enforcement, whatever it is, we
3: we gonna meet his commander. Say hi. <laughs>
0: Come on,
3: right?
1: Yeah, your SWAT commander's there.
0: Huh? He's got to make an appearance.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got to see that beautiful face. Yeah, They're both those beautiful faces. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You can't be sitting there the whole time and not, not drop in the camera and say, hi.
2: (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Now we, we appreciate you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Good work. work.
2: So uh, I've been listening to y'all's podcast since y'all started and, and, uh, y'all are doing good things. I appreciate what y'all are doing for, uh, just letting people's voice be heard, especially this guy right here. Oh yeah, he's got a, he's definitely got a story to tell to to dudes, and they uh, need to hear it. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Thank appreciate you, it. we appreciate you. Right on, thanks. All right, well, Tom, um, man, we won't keep you. I, I again, dude, um, I think I think your story is awesome, dude. Um, I mean, honestly, you inspire me. I think you inspire all of us. Yeah, and everybody that's listening to this, um, I know is going to be inspired by your story and what you've got going on um, don't forget to make time for yourself, dude. And, um, like Billy said, dude, it sounds like you got a great, great support system around you. Um, I know we can't see them, but they're, they're there behind the camera and, uh, you can't ask for anything better than that, you know? So, uh, we like to end these on a cheers. Um, yeah, I don't know if you got a drink with you, dude, but (laughs) cheers. (laughs) cheers.
0: Hey. Hey, thanks man. Yeah. This is to you, dude. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Take care, guys. Hey, take care. Tom. Stay safe.
2: Yep. And uh, hey, Tom, real quick. If um, if uh, I don't know if you have an organization or if you've got anything going on, if if uh, anybody can reach out to you, um, an email or I don't know if you want to give out your social media, but um, at least maybe an email if, if anyone listening has a question or, you know, yeah, wants to you reach can out. Me,
0: yeah, I don't have any, an Instagram or anything right now. I keep a pretty low profile on uh, the yeah. interwebs. Yeah. But, um, you know, email at uh, t be wolf seven nine at yahoo.com uh if not um you know text you know all the guys or bounce them over to me or whatever and we'll get it going um okay anything i can do to help all right if we'll, anybody has any questions um i'm i'm here to help all right we'll put your uh, your email in the
2: in the description in the video and, and in the podcast app so if anybody wants to reach out to him shoot him a shoot him an email uh sounds like he's an open book obviously um Nah, I think that's fucking fantastic, man. Uh, we can't thank you enough, dude. So, thanks for coming on. Man. Well, thank you for coming you guys on. Do. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to meet you guys when I head out to Texas here in May. So, um, Hey, you,
0: have a good you time. guys are all welcome. Uh-huh. You guys are see, all now welcome. we're you going. Thank you. I mean, hey, this is Texas. But now Come on, we're to Texas, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. We'll bring, we'll bring we the food to you, got cold dude. beers in the fridge. We're going to eat some barbecue. We got this. We got this. Hell yeah. <laughs> all
2: right, brother. We'll take care, man. We'll we'll see you later. See ya. See ya. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Copy additional shot fired. Shot fired, shot fired. Shooting at us. Shooting an officer. down. He's at the base of the stairs. White t-shirt, white male.